Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, Dan, Matt, and Ryan, episode 543 of the pod, the week 12 edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast, and it was it was a fun one, for sure. Week 12 had a lot of ups, a few downs, of course, as well, some injuries that uh, probably probably is on the minds of a lot of dynasty managers right now. But uh, the scores were good for the most part, Ryan. And it was it was some fun football, some two point conversions to finish games and and turn losses into wins, and uh, some overtime thrillers as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the I would say the real football, take the fantasy part out of it, it was uh, was definitely fun in week twelve. Uh, the the fantasy part, the disappointing scores from some key players, especially the ones that were on my teams, uh, were were was not so fun. Uh, it was a it was a rough week overall for me. But uh, yeah, some good football. I love the uh, you, you referenced it there. But what we saw with Jacksonville was great. Uh, another big comeback that the uh, the Ravens gave up. That's that offense and that whole team is kind of broken right now. But yeah, that's getting uh, old. Overall, for yeah, fans. a good week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, I saw some of Lamar's or Lamar's uh, tweet back to a fan who was was, was kind of condescending. Uh, don't don't tweet players. Oh my gosh. And Lamar, Seriously. well done, Lamar. Hat tip to you. Get get back at those guys. They shouldn't be doing stuff like that. Um, those players, they don't want to do. They they're, they don't want to lose a lead like that. Way more than a fan doesn't want you, want them to lose a lead like that. Um, but it has to be getting old for Baltimore fans. What what isn't getting old for sure are big performances and. Matt, it feels like this year we've had so many 35, 40, 45, even 50-point performances from single players, and they're carrying teams right now. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like on a week-to-week basis in a lot of these these leagues, these deeper leagues that have lots of starting spots, like you, you've got to hit like – the the nuts lineup right like it, like it's a dfs gpp or something you have josh jacob going for 47 this week we've had qu- multiple weeks where there's been more than one quarterback hit over 40 45 points so uh it's been uh it's been a, a year of the haves and have nots i would say yeah we got a lot to a lot of those haves and have nots to talk about this week uh cash dash or trash we're gonna do that this week um we got our sleeper stash of the week of course we have to set the line uh and we're getting down with adp as well but let's start with the stardom the startup and the startup has to be josh jacobs guys um very derrick henry in on the ground 33 carries 229 yards and two rushing touchdowns, including the game winner. That sealer was impressive in overtime. Six catches, 74 yards on seven targets as well. Something that Josh Jacobs isn't known for, really. He scored 48.3 PPR fantasy points, at least in the in the league that I checked. It, it might be a little different in your league. Uh, RB2 on the season in PPR. He's RB1 in half PPR and standard leagues. Right now, after that massive performance against the Seahawks, um, he's 42 overall right now in our ADP, Ryan. I expect that to change slightly in December, but RB15 in November, and I, I was thinking on Sunday night when, when, when I had just come off watching him gallop into the end zone, uh, is this his ceiling? This, is, this has to be the highest 
we're going to value in Dynasty Josh Jacobs, and there's so many unknowns for his future. I think it probably is his ceiling uh, as, as far as the actual on-field performance. And, I mean, obviously what we saw on Sunday would be, would be his individual ceiling. You expect that, understandably, to be his best game of his career. Uh, but looking at his performance through, throughout the entire season – this is his fourth game as a top three running back on a week. Um, I'm going to double check, but that's, uh, that is close to tops in the league for sure. He's got two other games as an RB1 as well. Uh, those two leading up to, uh, leading up to this past week. So he's, he's definitely been very streaky, which the Raiders' entire offense has been streaky. So that piece is um, you know, understandable and, and kind of fits in. But you're totally right. I mean, so many questions. Uh, the The way the Raiders treated him this offseason by drafting Zamir White, by um, uh, bypassing that option, that fifth year option. Dynasty managers were concerned about Josh Jacobs, and and the Raiders were telling us we should be. So uh, I, I blame them for the the value <laughs> that Josh Jacobs was and has been. But, I mean, I just think back to that, that hot streak he was on six or eight weeks ago when it was the RB2, RB3, RB2 game. And, you know, you look at him, he's 24 years old still. Um, and I tweeted something along the lines of, if Josh Jacobs were a rookie, we would have already moved him up to RB1 in Dynasty by now. And... Um, I mean, I firmly believe that, you know, we saw Najee Harris perform well as a 23 year old rookie uh, this time last year. And, and he wasn't quite RB one, but he was close, but because of all these, uh, you know, all this prior knowledge we have and experience we have about Jacobs, plus the questions that you're talking about, Dan, uh, namely, where is he going to play his football next year? He's, you know, he, he's not even an RB one. He's not even a top 12 guy right now in our ADP. And- and that's what brings me to 2023. You mentioned Najee Harris's name, Ryan. That's a good one to think about because they're the same age. They're like a month apart. They're both 24, yeah. going to be 25 here in a couple of months. And if Najee Harris was doing what Josh Jacobs is doing right now, he would be the the RB2, maybe even the RB1 at this point, right? So so if we well, if we I- remove their names... We, we can maybe take a more honest look at how we should value these guys. It is the future, 2023 and beyond then, that is holding us back on moving him up too far, though. Another good comparison and, and a player that I think factors in here is Ramondre, Ste- Ramondre Stevenson. Same age. Uh, he is, he's another player that is basically the same age as Josh Jacobs, um, and, and he's moved up very quickly in dynasty ADP and dynasty rankings. And in fact, in, in our November ADP, Stevenson is ahead of Jacobs and as good as Stevenson has been this year, I think Jacobs has probably been even better. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the bias is. Uh, I'm, I'm probably part of it. We're all part of it. Uh, but we are, we're disrespecting Josh Jacobs. Here. Well, you said exactly what it is. It's those priors that we all had coming into the season. And then those priors were confirmed by what the Raiders did throughout the off season. And you mentioned what happened there. Um, the Raiders are going to have to pay up Matt or somebody else is going to clearly. And somebody's going to make Josh Jacobs that bell cow running back. So at this point, we're going to get through the end of this season and whether he's healthy throughout the end of the season, whether he performs at this level or continues to be up and down dynasty managers are going to know that this is the ceiling for Josh Jacobs. If he's in the right offense and gets these opportunities. So where does his value, his dynasty value go from here? I think we're going to get a spike in December, probably, especially since we haven't started those uh, mocks yet, as far as I know. Um, but he is back to looking at, the, if you go over to DLF and look at our D- Dynasty ADP comparison tool, one of my favorite 
tools to use when researching articles and stuff like that. Uh, you can see like the nice graph of his ADP over the last uh, last year, basically last last couple of years. Uh, and he draw he bottomed out in August, right before the season started, when all of that news was that this is going to be a three headed committee, all this kind of stuff, and none of us really gave him credit. Although I will say, I think it was about a month or maybe six weeks, maybe eight, maybe eight weeks ago, we did a a show where a segment where we talked about running back twos that we would like to buy. Uh, relatively cheaply down the stretch and uh, I think you guys were in at a couple of seconds I was in at like a late first kind of range so I think his value was starting to pop at that point but it remained you know uh, up until last month uh, at at the mid 80s range and prior to August of of this of this year he was up in the in the the mid 40s uh, in terms of overall ADP and then he just bought him out and then his ADP now uh, from just from November kind of basically doubled back up to that mid 40 range so we're at where he was basically uh in march february uh this year before uh just after the 2020 um 2021 season so uh, we're kind of right back at that level it's going to be i think we're going to get another spike here uh but i don't think we're going to be pushing him back into like the top two rounds probably and i think that i don't, don't necessarily think that that's that's the right answer like you said we have this bias this preconceived notions about a player who we loved coming out for his passing work and then he never got the passing work and then last year he got some passing where he caught 54 balls last year in 2021 and then we thought that was just going to go away because they added these two other uh backs to the backfield and that just hasn't been the case so i don't think we're ever going to give him his, his due respect uh but you know, if you can still get him for a late first, I feel like I feel like that's not a, a that bad of a move to make. You're a contending team. You take that into the playoffs, and the next year you still have a player that's going to be 25 when uh, the following season starts. Hopefully, in a place in a, in a, for a team that that wants him to be that bell cow back. So um, uh, he's going to go up a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be in that top two round ADP. I guess if that's what you are asking. I would still have trouble paying even a late first for him, honestly. I mean, the um, the next couple weeks are very nice. Uh, Chargers and Rams, uh, both of those look like great matchups based on what we've seen recently. Uh, but then in the playoffs, he gets Patriots, he gets 49ers. Those are both uh, difficult matchups, clearly, for running backs. Um, so he, he, might, uh, he might carry you to the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to carry you to a title. And again, with that, with the, even a late first rounder, it's always an opportunity cost uh, matter. You know, what else, what else can you get with that pick? Since week three, when, when really in week one and two, he was used uh, slightly, I would say, and, and certainly wasn't part of the passing game. Since that point, he's been, he, he's had boom weeks six times, games of, of 30 points, 35 points, all the way up to, to that 47, 48 point game in week 12. He's busted only once where he scored seven points in week eight against that New Orleans defense where that game script didn't really go his way and he was kind of banged up. Averaging 23 points a game on the season and and one of the top two running backs in your scoring format, no matter what format you play in, the the sky is we're, we're near the sky, right? A lot of times we like to say about rookies, the sky is the limit. This guy's only 24, though, and and I, I agree with you. I'd have a hard time paying that late first. Although, if he was the missing piece in a championship run, and I know a lot of lot of trade deadlines have passed at this point, it you'd have to think long and hard before passing on trading that late first for Josh Jacobs, who's just who's just rolling right now and 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 playing a lot like he's like Nick Chubb with pass catching at this point. Well. Well, and what else, what other player at that position? I mean, unless you're just gonna say that you don't need to have elite running back volume at the very least, like what other player at that position could you get for that cost? I just don't. I'm not sure there is one. You're not getting Eckler for that. Maybe after a couple of disappointing games, you're getting McCaffrey for that. But I kind of doubt that too, just based on name value. Um, like I don't. I don't know Henry. I make, can you get Henry for a late first right now? Maybe. So I, I just don't know how many options there are at that price level for that kind of volume that you're going to get. Yeah, and, and the pass catching is is really what's unlocking the fantasy upside. In the last nine games, he has uh, six catches in five of those. At least, or excuse me, at least five catches in uh, in five of those games, and and at least three in all but one. So you know, he his floor is is. 25, 30 receiving yards on top of this workload on the ground where he's seeing 20-plus carries almost every single week. 
and finding the end zone almost every single week. So he's got back-to-back games with over 50 receiving yards to go with 100-yard rushing performances. And, you know, we're not going to get 200 yards on the ground, probably ever again, most likely. But but the fact that that's a possibility has to has to enter our minds when valuing his upside because he was he was lethal on Sunday against Seattle. Mm-hmm. This this entire offense is Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. There's no Darren Waller there, and nobody's filling that hole. So it's it's Jacobs and it's Adams, and you want a top two option no matter what team you're on. Yeah, and and we have it yeah. with with Jacobs. Just uh, one more thing on on the upside that you were mentioning, Dan. Um, looking at just fantasy points scored in a game this season, Jacobs now has two of the top seven uh, fantasy performances on the season. Uh, not only this past week, but week seven as well. Um, so that's uh, basically seven times we've seen 36 fantasy points or more scored by a running back. He's done that twice. He's the only one to repeat that. If you dig a little deeper and look at players who have scored uh, 34 or more fantasy points, we've seen that now 12 times, and he's got three of them. Yeah, and he had, he had that massive game against Denver. I was just going to mention that third game in week four against Denver, 28 for 144 and two caught five for 31 as well. So, man, it, it's hard not to like the way he runs on top of it. I was talking about um, the Texans' rookie running back, uh, Damian Pierce, a couple weeks ago with you guys and talked about his running style, how he's fierce and finishes every run. And I, didn't, I haven't noticed it. But Josh Jacobs is that same kind of runner here in 2022, at least. He's finishing runs, and he's he's uh, punishing defenders. Guys don't want to step up to him late in games, and that's a that's a fun a fun running back to have on your dynasty team and get to watch every single week. He's he's putting up massive numbers, and I'm I gotta take the L. I I really did overlook him for now three and going on three and a half years. And I shouldn't have. He's a way better player than I ever thought he was. Sleeper Stash of the Week. Yeah, it's time for the Sleeper Stash of the Week, where we take a look at a player outside the top 200 in Dynasty ADP that you should consider stashing. Matt, who are we stashing this week? We are stashing Quez Watkins, wide receiver for Philadelphia Eagles. He comes in at 238 overall on our November ADP, wide receiver 99. Since Dallas Goddard's shoulder injury mid-game in Week 10, Eagles tight ends have received a total of three targets in three games. Uh, So those targets are not going to tight ends anymore. So a lot of those are going to Quez Watkins. And if you look at the tight ends that are left, you know, we have Grant Calcaterra, who was a dynasty, or excuse me, a Debbie kind of a Debbie player, had had some bad injuries. And it's clear to me he just isn't really ready. Jack Stoll. I don't know. I watched a little bit of Jack Stoll. He doesn't seem like a, like a very good football player right now. And then you have Tyree Jackson, who's still kind of learning the position after converting to tight end. So the tight end is non-existent. Quez Watkins is kind of picking up the slack there. Over the last three games, he's had 11 targets, which uh, just is two less per game than, than A.J. Brown. Of those 11 targets, he's caught nine for 146 and two touchdowns. Goddard's not going to be back until week 15-ish. That's when he's eligible to come back. We'll see if he starts that week. Um, but if he doesn't make it back, then we have a, a few more weeks here um, where we can start, I think, where we can start Quez Watkins um, as, as a flex option and, and makes a decent stash in case either of the, those other top two receivers get hurt uh, as well. So uh, Quez Watkins is our sleeper stash of the week. I saw this on the agenda, and I went and looked at in my nine leagues that I play in that I would consider dynasty-like. A lot of, a lot of salary cap and uh, contract leagues in there, and Quez Watkins was a free agent in three of them. So he's a guy that you can you can go get on your waiver wire, potentially. Quez Watkins is our stash of the week, brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest-growing fantasy football platform in the world. It's built around a mobile interface, so it's easy to do everything league-related from your mobile phone, no matter how complicated your league or how many leagues you play in. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Cash, stash, or future trash. Yeah, let's uh, let's play a little cash dash or trash. Really, we'll go this this time. Uh, rookie playoff edition. So 
we're gonna roll through a handful of rookies here, and we're gonna we're gonna give our feelings about them. If they're cash, that's a guy we feel good about starting for the rest of the season. A stash. We, we want them on our bench, and, and maybe we'll start them if there's an injury or a bye week down the stretch, or we're certainly watching them to see if they get hot at the right time late in the season, and then trash. That's not a startable asset in any scenario the rest of the way. So let's roll through some of these guys, and we got a, we got a lot to get through, so let's, uh, let's get going. Matt, Rashad White, he's been hot recently. Is he cash, stash, or trash? I think he's cash. I, th- I know Fournette missed this week, and he got the starting gig. I think he looked really good. I think it, there's when they're both on the field, it's clear which player is the more explosive player, is doing more with the touches. So even if Fournette comes back, you know, I think you're probably going to lo- lo- lose certainly lose some goal line upside. Um, but I think the, that he's producing enough that he, he's going to get enough work uh, to be startable, at least as a flex option, if not an RB2. Uh, the rest of the way. So cash for Rashad White for me. Completely agree. He looks so good on Sunday against the Browns. Ryan? Yeah, I had him. I had Rashad White as cash as well. Uh, I thought this was a pretty easy call. Um, and, yeah, we, we might might be see, seeing the end of uh, Leonard Fournette in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. Damian Pierce, the next running back on the list, Ryan. You know, he's near and dear to my heart. Do you have him as cash, dash, or trash down the stretch? Uh, I've, I've got Pierce as a stash. Um, still certainly worth a roster spot. And again, from this standpoint, we're thinking only the next uh, five or six weeks. Um, just just due to the uh, lack of depth at the running back position. I'm going to keep Pierce on my bench. But, I mean, we've got 16 total rushing yards the past two weeks. The um, the Texans schedule is it's not going to look good really when you compare them to any team, but it's especially rough for running backs. Cleveland, Dallas, Kansas City, and Tennessee are their next four, uh, so he's he's barely hanging on as a stash. Mute. Yeah, he's a stash for me as well. Um, and it's really these last two games, you know I'm a fan, but back-to-back games with just eight rushing yards, game stri- script is never going to be his friend. They need to stick with Damian Pierce. Hopefully they do. Matt, is it a clean sweep? Yeah, it's definitely a stash. You mentioned it, 15 carries for 16 yards the last two weeks. He did he did catch some balls, five for 17, but that's not that's not enough. You're, you're, this is a volume play on a bad offense. And he's not getting the volume, and the offense has not not played well. So uh, it's it's tough to put him in the lineup. But if you need to, uh, based on the criteria we set, then I think he's still a, st- a stash. The next running back we need to talk about is Isaiah Pacheco, the Kansas City running back, coming off 22 carries on Sunday against the Rams, just 69 yards, so only averaging about three yards a carry. But back to back. Big games, big workloads, really, for the last three games. uh, And scored a touchdown for the first time since week one on Sunday. Not a big, big, big part of the passing game, though, Matt. We like our running backs to catch a few passes. He's only caught a few passes all season. Yeah, we do. And I think he's borderline cash stash. But I think based on the workload he's been getting, the efficiency, like you said, hasn't been there. The pass catching hasn't been there. But we finally have this, you know, mostly every down back uh, in that early down role for the offense that we wanted him in. And he's he's doing okay. (laughs) So I think in a pinch, you could start him as a running back too or a flex, but he's probably better off as a stash as, as a backup for you. Um, down the stretch on a strong contending team. Hmm. I I actually moved him up to cash. I kind of thought he's because he's that RB two flex play and he's getting this workload right now. He's he's obviously way better in standard leagues. Um, certainly uh, yeah. cash play in in standard leagues, but in PPR, I think because of the workload and the expected game script of them trying to close out games in the second half. I feel like you can put him in in your lineup every single week, and there's going to be a floor uh, with a little bit of scoring upside, of course. Ryan? No, I still had him at stash. Honestly, didn't even consider him a cash. Zero RB1 game still um, just limited upside because of the pass catching or lack thereof. Uh, you add Melvin Gordon to that mix. Um, 
you know, I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to come in and steal that job, but he he could certainly eat into that role a little bit. So Pacheco's just a stash for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine starting him at Cincinnati next week for sure. Um, let's do our last running back, Brian Robinson from Washington. Uh, who you got? What do you got here, Ryan? Uh, I had him as a stash as well, basically for the same reasons as uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Again, if I've got that strong contending team, I don't want to start these guys with with that limited ceiling, that lower ceiling. Uh, Robinson does have back-to-back games as a top 15 running back, so starting to change my mind, but uh, I don't want to start him yet. It was a nice workload on Sunday, 18 carries for 105 yards, averaging six yards a carry, and caught a couple passes, and hit. That impressive touchdown down the sideline ran over a defender. Uh, he wasn't going to get stopped from the pylon there. Um, it, it still looks to me, Matt, that he's not the most explosive running back in that backfield. And I have to imagine that coaching staff agrees. Gibson seems like the better player. I'm, I'm just surprised Robinson's getting this workload recently. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's got the fresh legs. You know, they're trying to keep keep uh, uh gibson a little bit fresher i don't know exactly what it is but it, but like you said i think that gibson still looks like the better player uh, i don't want to start brian robinson i think he but i do think he's um maybe slightly ahead of pacheco i think the difference is is that you're dealing with a, another you know perhaps even better back and in, in gibson there was pacheco it seems like he has the early down pretty well locked up so uh it's a it's a question of quality of the touches i guess all right, let's get to the and I called him a stash as well. Let's get to the wide receivers and the the we might as well get it out of the way. Drake London, he's been disappointing to a lot of dynasty managers from game to game, but the upside is clearly there. He shows those flashes, Matt. He's a guy that I I can't I can't put him as a cash play. It was between stash and trash for me. Yeah, it's it's a it's a stash. I'm, I'm happy to have him on my bench and use him if I have to, but the volume is just not there for us to uh, count on him at this point. Hopefully that that changes in a year two. Mm. I I ended up going with trash, Ryan. I I I can't I can't consider him at that point at this point, and that's what I call the trash trash player. Yeah, I I I thought this was an easy one actually. I went trash on uh, Drake London as well. And again, we're thinking over the next six weeks, this is not, not even necessarily a dynasty conversation. Uh, But if I've, if I've got that contending team, I'm heading into the playoffs. There's no way you can start Drake London and feel good about it. He has one game all season where he was higher than the wide receiver, 24, zero, 100 yard games. It's the same thing we've said about the Falcons offense all year. I, I don't think that's, uh, all on Drake London. It's it's certainly part of a big part of their scheme, their plan, but that's not going to change in the next few weeks. Garrett Wilson certainly looked good against the Bears in Week 12. Five catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. He also mixed in as a runner, got a carry for the third consecutive games. They clearly want to get Wilson the ball, and we saw his upside this week, Ryan. I think if we did this a week ago, we might we might go one way, but in the last four games. He's had at least 90 yards three times. He scored a couple times, uh, like I said, on Sunday. The the upside is clearly there, and it has to do with Mike White, who looked awfully good against that Bears defense. Wilson, I, I had to put him as cash. He, he looked awful good on Sunday. You have to. Three straight games, wide receiver 15, wide receiver 11, wide receiver 5. Um, definitely much better situation with Mike White, but Wilson was honestly even even getting it done when Zach Wilson was under center. Uh, the next two weeks might be pretty rough if you can get into the playoffs. Minnesota and Buffalo, uh, the Jets play. But weeks ago, our buddy Matt was telling us, get, the, get these Jets on your roster because their playoff schedule is juicy. Lions, Jaguars, and Seahawks for Garrett Wilson. He's an absolute cash. All the way. Cash money. I got to send this next receiver right to you, Matt. It's Christian Watson. Three straight games <laughs> finding pay dirt. There are still dynasty managers for sure out there that are screaming from the rooftops. Sell, sell, sell. But three straight four catch games. He's gone over 100 
yards twice in those games and scored six touchdowns on just 12 receptions. Obviously, that pace isn't going to keep up. But if you watch Sunday Night Football, he blew those guys, uh, blew the doors off those guys down the left sideline, that throw from Jordan Love late in the game. Man, Watson looks good. If if he just holds on to the ball, I'm really interested where we go here, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay with Cash uh, with him. I know that's probably a bit of a surprise for me because I've been kind of down on him the whole, basically his whole career. I just, I'm just, I'm more disappointed with the Packers at this point. And because (laughs) it's not, I'm pretty sure like three weeks ago, something just didn't just click in his head and that he could do this, right? Like this didn't just click three weeks ago all of a sudden. Oh, they could have been doing this with him since the beginning of the season. Uh, and I'm not saying it would have changed the way that, that this season has turned out for them, but it sure would have made them a much more exciting team to watch. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm more frustrated with the with the organization than the player at this point. So he's cash for me for, for this exercise. I'd, I'd probably argue that he was pretty banged up through between weeks about two or three through this stretch run here in the last few weeks where, where he's really blown up. Um, Ryan, where'd you land here? Uh, you have to go cash wide receivers, three, eight and 10, the past three weeks. Uh, now six touchdowns on the season. Of course, all of those coming in the past three weeks, that's good enough to lead all rookie wide receivers in touchdowns. And he's tied for sixth among all wide receivers in touchdowns. And I mean, the, the best part is it doesn't matter if it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan love. He's now the wide receiver one on the Packers. Alan Lazard has taken a step back. Of course, that has a lot to do with the play of Christian Watson. Uh, he's got to be cash. Yeah, he's cash for me as well. And and it was a pretty easy decision when it got down to it. The best thing about Christian yep. Watson is you can be late in the fourth quarter and still be one play away from it being a really nice game for Christian Watson on your fantasy team. <laughs> the next receiver, he uh, we're recording pre-Monday night football, so George Pickens hasn't gotten on the field yet in week 12 for us where'd we land here ryan he's been a little streaky yeah i definitely like the long-term upside from george pickens i'm not as confident in the short-term upside uh just one game this year with 100 yards uh one game as anything higher than the wide receiver 18 he's a stash for me yeah i had him as a stash as well man i'm gonna call him a stash but i think if we do this in a week, we might change our tunes. Uh, coming up after tonight's game against the Colts, he's got the Falcons, the Ravens, the Panthers, the Raiders, uh, the Ravens again, and the uh, Fantasy Super Bowl. All fantastic matchup for wide receiver. One of the easiest passing matchups uh, the rest of the way for any team in the league. So uh, I think he could have a, a run down here on the stretch and, and end up being cash, but I'll keep him a stash for now. Yeah, we said stash. We are keeping an eye on him. We are, in case of injury, in case of a buy, we're, we're, we're willing to go to him. And if he gets hot, which he could... Uh, we're certainly willing to change our minds. Certainly closer to cash than trash is George Pickens. How about Traylon Burks, guys? He's he's looked good recently, Matt. He's he's finally healthy, I guess. And he's their deep threat. He's their guy between the linebackers and safeties on play action when uh, when they're faking. And he's always open, Traylon Burks, it feels like. Big play waiting to happen. Yeah, I think he's in the same – got to put him in the same bucket as Wilson and Watson at this point. I think he's cash the rest of the way. I mean, you might you may have a better option. Maybe he's a, he's a, he's a matchup kind of play down the stretch, but I think you would be fine starting him the rest of the way, so i got to put him as cash. I wasn't quite ready to push him up that high. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's – I don't think he's shown enough to be in, in the group with Wilson and Watson yet. Honestly, I've definitely been – um, impressed with what we've seen the past couple weeks trending in the right direction and, and certainly uh, their best playmaker in the passing game. But uh, I still went with Stash on Traylon Burks. Yeah, just like Pickens. He's closer to cash yeah. than trash for sure. I, I did go back and forth a little bit. I considered it. So uh, I did end up on Stash, though. He's a guy that I'd rather have as my wide receiver five right now. And hopefully... Hopefully he's only my flex if I have an injury or or a bye week or something like that. Jahan Dotson has battled some injuries here of late. 
and hasn't been on the field all that much, but certainly looked good early in the season for the Commanders. Dotson is is another player that we we feel has a lot of upside, but over the last three weeks since since coming off injury, just two catches for 27 yards on four targets. Also got a carry in that stretch, but but really not a big part of that offense, Ryan. I actually had Dotson as trash for the short term. I did as well. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the injury. It doesn't seem to be fully back from that. I mean, Taylor Heineke, T- Taylor Heineke has uh, only has eyes for Terry McLaurin in the past. Uh, I'm not complaining. I, I believe it was week. Yeah, that's, that's okay. <laughs> we, we like that too. Uh, Terry McLaurin is averaging eight targets per game in the six games with, uh, with Heineke starting and JD McKissick or JD McKissick. Sorry. John Dodson in those past three games that he's been back has totaled four targets. So this is another easy one. Trash. Yeah. I went trash as well. Uh, he, he produced under Carson Wentz. He doesn't have the same rapport with Taylor Heineke. And it's like Ryan said, it's all Terry McLaurin. So I'll put him as trash. Trey McBride has, as we move to tight ends, has has gotten on the field since the Zach Ertz injury. In fact, over the last three weeks, he's run more routes than any tight end in the NFL. It's only turned into six catches for 22 yards um, on eight targets. So McBride, it just it feels to me, guys, he's not ready for prime time. He needs a little bit of time yet. Um, I'm fine with my Zach Ertz shares for 2023 still. It seems like he's going to be the guy there in Arizona for at least another year. So McBride, in the short term, he's trash. But in the long term, he's certainly a stash. Yeah, our our buddy Rich Rebar would say that uh, McBride's just out there running wind sprints, which is what he's doing. (laughs) He's running routes and not getting anything else to show for it. Uh, I actually had trouble with this one just because of the the ugly tight end landscape um, and that that Cardinals offense is certainly still appealing, but I mean, 15 total yards in the two weeks that Ertz has been out. You still, still have to go with trash on uh, McBride. Yeah. I struggled with this one too. I landed on, I landed on a stash, but it's purely based on his, his, his usage uh, in terms of the, the wind sprints. Uh, week 10, 91% of the snaps. Week 11, 76% of the snaps. I don't have data for week 12 yet. Um, but, you know, anytime we approach that 80% snap level with the tight end, we have to take notice. So hopefully all those routes turn into volume. I mean, uh, it probably is not. I guess I'll, you guys, I guess you guys talking me into it. I guess I'll say, I'll say trash, but I, I really want to stash him. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's certainly a guy we want as dynasty managers, but it just it's not coming together just just yet. Last guy we need to talk about Greg Dulcich. It's it's been up and down. It's been a roller coaster as it has for all Broncos playmakers really this season. Dulcich is is a guy that I struggled with just a little bit because of that tight end landscape that Ryan talked about. Matt, where do you land on him? I kept him as a stash. Uh, you know, he's popped up for big games every now and then. Uh, he, he's certainly not reliable, but very few tight ends are reliable. So uh, I'll keep him as on my bench. And and if I have to start him, I'll, I'll, I'll hate it. But I won't hate it as much as I would starting McBride, I guess. Yep, same for me. I had Dulcich as a stash. Yeah, it hasn't really been that good since the bye. Uh, just seven catches. For 52 yards, that's that covers three games. Um, not a big target share either. Just 12 targets in those three games, and kind of kind of just mixing in at tight end a little bit. So uh, we'll see how that plays out, guys. Is there anybody else that we need to talk about? I know the the quarterback that's playing on Monday Night Football, Kenny Pickett. Uh, he was a guy I thought of. Is you know if you're in a super flex league. Can you can you roll him out as that QB two if you if you need to, or are you even looking at other positions um, instead of rolling out Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I don't think I'd be starting Kenny Pickett, uh, not a, not on a playoff team. Yeah, I don't think so. I probably roll to a different position. Like I said, the passing the passing matchups are pretty good, but I would not it would not be comfortable. It would be a last, you know, the hail mary of my season if I put Pickett in my starting lineup in the playoffs. Anybody else? Nope. Okay. I think the other uh, ones are. I mean, go ahead. We'll see what we'll see what happens with the uh, with the Jets and with the injury to Michael Carter, but uh, 
you know, this Zonovan Knight uh, Bam. kid might uh, might be interesting. Yeah, Bam Knight. We'll see what happens with him. Boy, he looked good. I'm, I'm covering Bam Knight in sure the did. Rookie Report card this week, so check that out over on DLF. It's time to set the line. Man, you know, the farther into the season we get, the more I like set the line. I don't know what weird. that has to do with. So weird. Uh, in week 12, uh, man, one of us did well. One of us did poorly, and one of us was right in the middle, as you can tell by my tone. I was the one that did well. Uh, I had Russell Wilson under 225. He looked like trash. I had uh, Lamb Diggs and Jefferson on Thanksgiving over 287.5. They hit 322. Matt, you got that one as well. And then I've been setting lines for you guys. That you're falling for my tricks. I set Tony Pollard 18.5, and, and he was just 8.1 on Thanksgiving. So you both took L's on that. Standings, Ryan, 13 and 9. I'm right behind you. You can hear my footsteps, Ryan, 12 and 10. And Matt, you're in the cellar now. Back down there at 10 and 12. So losing record for you. It's, it's your lines, Dan. You get to set the line your, first this week. It, it's your lines, Dan. I'm 0 and 4 on your lines the last four weeks. Ooh, so. those are next gen stats right there. <laughs> Actually, I lied at six. Six the last six weeks. I'm 0 and 6 on, on your lines. Oh my goodness. So, oh no. Uh you're cr- you're crushing my uh my bid for for to finish in second place. Um okay, this week. Um we're going to look at quarterback one threshold for that's, that's, that's finishing as a top 12 quarterback over the last three weeks. The quarterback 12 has averaged 19.39 points. So you had to have that or better to finish as a quarterback one. I'm going to set the line at night just to make it a round number the line at 19.4 fantasy points for a quarterback want to be a quarterback one in week 13. Oh, man, I spent all that time studying the schedule for something like this to come up. We should really give each other the like the general feel for for what we're uh what we're going to bring up. Um I'm not giving you guys any more hints. You you <laughs> clearly don't need them. So Go ahead, Dan. I'm staring at the schedule trying to put come up with it. I think we – I guess Dan's almost in the lead, so we can't we'll have to do that rule. But I thought we talked about making Ryan go first always. No, we can yeah. – like, we should each go go first once per episode. I, I guess I'll go first on this one. I'm going to take – I'm going to take under. I, I think the QB12 will be worse than 19.39 points next week. Yeah, I'll take the over. Uh, just two teams on by. Uh, yeah, I like my chances. I'll take over on that one. Yeah, all right. Uh, I can go next. Um, let's talk about. Let's talk about Chris Godwin, guys. He was he was incredible on Sunday against the Browns. Twelve catches, one hundred and ten yards, and a touchdown on thirteen targets. He had to do all that work because Mike Evans stinks. If you watch that game, you you know why I, I always think that. He gave up multiple times on passes coming his way. One time the refs bailed him out. He gave up on the route, and they called the defender for P.I. when he just stopped. Ugh, disgusting. Did you guys know that in the last... Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but... I don't know if you know this, but but Mike Evans is one of six players that hit 10,000 receiving yards in, in nine seasons. So, yeah, pretty good. You just think if he'd try... If if he'd try, he'd be one of the best. He'd be T.O. if he just tried, but he doesn't want to. Uh, did you guys know that in the last eight games, Godwin has 57 catches? That's more than seven catches a game. Did you guys know that over that stretch, he has 550 receiving yards? That's just short of 70 yards per game. Did you know he scored in consecutive games his first two touchdowns of the season? Currently, the wide receiver 26 in PPR scoring and moving up. By the week, Godwin gets the Saints next week. So he's caught at least six passes in each of the last eight games, fellas. The line's seven and a half catches against the Saints next week. Is he over or is he under? Um, I'm going to I'm going to say he's over. I'll go over. Uh, the Saints have given up two overall wide receiver one games to a couple guys named Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. They gave up the wide receiver three game 
it's yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go over on Chris Godwin receptions. Uh, I'm looking for information on Marshawn Lattimore, and I can't really find anything. I think he's going to play. They said he's he was going to play. He'll be on Evans, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for for some of it, I don't think he's going to shadow Evans. I'm going to say, Ryan, you said what? Said what? You said over. Marshawn Lattimore is not going to miss a Mike Evans game. There's no way. <laughs> he will limp out there just to. That's a good. Just, just to, to get in, in his face. face. It's a good. It's a good point. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with Ryan on this one. I'm gonna say over. Well done. You guys both get a win on that one. We'll see. Ryan, set a line. All for right. Us. Yeah, Nick Chubb gets the Houston Texans. I almost did this one. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Houston has allowed um, at least 141 yards five times this season so far. Um, if you look at the top rushers on the season, we have 12 players who have hit 151 yards or more, or 12 times that has happened. Houston allowed four of those 12. Nick Chubb's season high is all the way back in week one, 141 rushing yards. So we'll make 141 and a half the number versus the Houston Texans. Does he set a new season high against the Texans next week? So, oh my gosh, that is a big line. Holy cow. It's it's hard for just anybody for to get. Just for Chubb. Yeah. If you're going yeah, to. You, go ahead, man. I'm just gonna say under. I'm, I'm not even gonna play with play with that. Yeah, that's that's too high to take. I I gotta take under as well. If you go to any of the books next week, uh, I imagine it's gonna be in the 102 range or the 98.5 yeah. range, and he might blow it out of the water. I thought you were gonna set it at 110 or something like that, and then I'd have to think twice. He was 26 for 116 against the Bucks defense. Scored that touchdown this week. Uh, looked awfully good doing it, but I can't take a line of 141 for any running. Back. If you said if you said 125, I would have went. I think I would have went over. But we'll see what happens. We will indeed. <laughs> you down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. All right, we're getting close to December ADP, Ryan. You're starting to put those mocks together, I'm sure. You'll be calling uh, from the hilltops, trying to round up your posse for that. And we need to project the first round of December DLF Dynasty ADP. Of course, we're talking about one quarterback. Uh, Let's try to come up with a consensus on that. Current ADP... Uh, let's roll through the top 12. We'll try to decide if we feel like all 12 of these guys will remain in uh, the first round. So just in the top 12 next month, let's start at the top. Justin Jefferson, the 101. Is anybody going to say no to him? All right. How about Jamar Chase? I think he, rem- I think he stays as the 101. I think he does as well. Jamar Chase, the injury, that, that might push him down a spot but he ain't getting outside the top three. No, no, he's, he's locked in. For Let's sure. get down to AJ Brown. He's currently in November, the one Oh three. I could see him falling. Probably not outside a couple of spots though. Right guys. I think he's still a top half of the first round yeah. player. I think he, he could follow the second half. You know, I think Smith, Devontae Smith has outplayed in the last couple of weeks, but he's not dropping out of the first round. Totally. agree. What about Jonathan Taylor? Ryan, he's uh, he's had his ups and downs, but with the new coach there and and the commitment to really commitment to Taylor getting in the ball, both in the running and passing game, uh, he's looked pretty good. He's sticking around in round one. Yeah, certainly. Again, you, you mentioned we're recording prior to that Monday night game, so we'll see how he does against the Steelers. Uh, but I don't I don't think there's any scenario where Taylor falls out of round one. Yeah, I think this game tonight is going to be a big data point, especially for for mock drafters coming up. But I don't. Th- I think just based on name value alone, he's not falling out of the top top twelve. What about C.D. Lamb? He's he's another guy that has been up and down, but has looked really good uh, here in the last month or so. There's no reason for him to fall outside of the top twelve. I don't think so. I actually did kind of consider it because his his value seems so volatile among dynasty managers. Uh, but honestly, it was tough to find players 
who could replace him if he were to fall. Uh, so, no, I think he's pretty well locked in. Safe. Safe in the first round. Jalen Waddell came in next in November ADP, and he's had some pedestrian games around his bye. Four for 66 in Week 10, five for 85 against Houston, and a really bad drop uh, on 10 targets on Sunday. Um, did you consider dropping him out of there, Matt? I I could I don't think so. I think there's enough players that we're going to get to coming up that I think are probably going out that he could stay and I'm not sure there's enough coming that could come up. So I'm going to say he's going to fall more towards the later end of the first, but I think he's going to stick. I had him sticking around as well. So that's that's our top six all staying in the first round. Yeah, and I think it's a clean sweep. I, I had all six staying as well. The next one, we're going to have to have a conversation here. And, Matt, you can lead us off. It's Cooper Cup. We're probably not going to see him again this season. The injury's bad, but not career-threatening or anything. The age makes you wonder how far he will fall. Where do you have him falling? I think he's going to be outside of the first round. It's it's combination of the age and the uncertainty of the future, especially at the quarterback position. Is Stafford going to be back? Is his elbow going to be right? Is there going to be a new quarterback there? Uh, is, is Sean McVay still going to be there? You know, like I think there's too many questions surrounding this team. So you factor that in with his age, and I think he's probably out. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, he's the first one that we all had going out of the top twelve. Uh, how far can he get? Can he get fall to the second half of round two? I think middle of round two. I mean, I don't think it's a, it would be shocking if he fell to the end of round two, but I think it's more like early mid. I think he could fall to round three, honestly. Yeah, I think I had a, I had him at 24 when I did my cheat sheet for, for getting ready for this. So uh, how about the first quarterback? He was, he was number eight overall. It's Josh Allen, Ryan. Uh, he's been... He hasn't been the same Superman that we're we're accustomed to with Josh Allen since the elbow injury, uh, not putting up those 30-point games every single week. Is he falling outside the top 12? I think he is. It's it's always surprising to see a quarterback in the in the top 12 of a uh, single quarterback league. I was uh, I was surprised to see Allen there uh, even after the uh, you know the hot streak he was on about a month ago when we collected this ADP. So I think given the injury, given the uh, disappointing couple games he's had over the past month, I expect him to fall out. Certainly looked awesome on Thanksgiving Day against the Lions. Matt, are you going to keep him in there? No, I, you know, it's just based on this, this, this November ADP, Patrick Mahomes, 20 picks later, Jalen Hurts, 30 picks later, Justin Herbert, 40 picks later. I just don't think there's any reason to take him there. I think we got overly excited um, about that hot streak. Yeah. And it really going, going back to the beginning of November, we, we had a lot of questions surrounding a lot of the players in round one and round two, and that, that helped push him up. It felt like to me. I never like seeing a quarterback in round one. In fact, I don't. I don't really love seeing them in the first two rounds of our ADP. The next guy on our November ADP, rookie Kenneth Walker, and after that massive stretch where following uh, taking over as the lead back there for the Seahawks, eighty-eight yards, ninety-seven, one hundred and sixty-seven. Uh, he had a fifty-one in there, and then twenty-six for one hundred nine in Week Nine and two touchdowns. He scored in five straight games right around the time we were collecting that ADP. 10 for 17 against Tampa Bay. Hit the bye, then just 14 carries for 26 yards against Vegas, although he scored the two touchdowns on Sunday. Walker is an interesting one. I don't think he's fallen outside the top 12, though, Ryan. No, I don't either. Um, Honestly, kind of a case similar to uh, Lamb that I mentioned earlier. Could maybe see Walker possibly falling, but who's taking that spot? Um, you know, spoiler alert, I had a hard time finding players to move up into the top 12, so I ended up keeping Walker there. Yeah, I feel about the same. I mean, if you're going to have a second running back in the top 12, it's hard to find another name, and I don't think we're going to get to just one. So I, I think he sticks at the at the end, probably in, this, in a similar range, 107 to 112, somewhere in that range. Uh, at 10 overall in November, it was Stefan Diggs. 
one of the two or three best wide receivers in fantasy right now. It seems like you can lock him in for seven or eight catches, about 100 yards. He scores just about every week. Uh, His age is getting up there, but he's scoring too many points to fall out of the top 12, Matt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I agree, but I I think I could, I could also see a couple of these um, younger receivers kind of replacing him. We'll talk about that at the end, but I could go either way on this, but I I think he's going to stick at the very tail end of of this round, maybe the two Oh one, but it's going to be close. Yeah. I kept digs in the top 12 as well. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's around this time of year, December, January, where we start seeing that age discount, no matter how good the players are, you know, digs cup, uh, some of the running backs that, that we could fit into that category as well. Uh, I, I don't think it happens quite yet. We're in the playoffs. We're starting digs every single week. Uh, I think he hangs on to that round one spot. Yeah, I think so as well. Similar guy, Tyreek Hill was at 11 last month uh another guy that you can just you can just put seven for a hundred it seems like every single week next to his name i got banged around a little bit in that texans game on sunday we'll see if that turns into anything obviously if if it's more serious than what we expect that that could change things but i had a hard time replacing him as well i had him at 12 so i kept him in there ryan yep i kept him in as well and yeah, like you said, very similar story and and similar value to Diggs right now. Yeah, without if we're, if we're not kicking Diggs out, we got to keep Hill. And I I do think it's possible one of these guys gets gets kicked out. Um, I mean, I think we Adam should be in a similar conversation too if we're talking about these two as first round picks. So um, I'll I'll say I'm going to keep him in there, but I could I could be convinced that he's he's gone. The 12th spot was another wide receiver. In fact, the first round was full of them. In November, I think there were nine wide receivers of the 12 spots, and Amon Ra St. Brown was number 12 overall and ninth among wide receivers. He's put some nice things on film over the last few weeks, 10 for 119 against Chicago, 7 for 76 against the Giants, and then looked great on Thanksgiving, nine catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Personally, I think he's a top 12 player. I would draft him in the top 12. But I think the dynasty community will kick him down into about the 14-15 range. I actually kept St. Brown in the top 12 as well. Um, I mean, we had a similar conversation uh, a month ago before we started our November ADP. Uh, At that point, I believe Amon Ross St. Brown had an ADP of four overall. Um, we all said he would fall and we all expected him to fall out of the first round. That's when he was dealing with that injury. Uh, his production had kind of slowed down. I was shocked to see him still valued this highly, um, according to our ADP. So thinking about what he's done the past two, three, four weeks, bounce back to basically what he uh, where he was at the beginning of the year. So I think I think he could actually move up into the top, uh, let's say, seven or eight or so. Yep, I'm so. in the same boat as you, Ryan. I think he's up in, in the Waddle, in the Waddle um, Lamb tier. I think he's I, – I, I, if you threw those three names in a bucket, I, I don't know that I'd have a strong preference towards any of the three. So uh, I think he could move up to the middle of the round. Nice. Okay. Clean sweep on Amon Ra St. Brown then as well. I kind of – I feel like the dynasty community doesn't give him enough love still. Maybe I'm a little bit behind on that. So I guess we all agree that Cup and Josh Allen are the ones going out. We need to replace these guys. Who's your top name, Matt, that needs to go in the top 12? Two names stick out to me. One is Chris Olave and the other is T. Higgins. T. Higgins might be it might be close with him, but I think he's played, performed well enough without Chase in there, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, that he should be in the consideration for close to being in the first round. Um, and then Olave, I think it's, he's he's put enough on, on tape that I think he belongs there as well. Olave was the top guy on my list as well, Ryan. I, I think he's a lock to get into those, probably the bottom three spots in the first round. Is there somebody else, that, or do you agree on Olave, and is there somebody else? 
Yeah, I agree on Chris Olave. Uh, actually, in my dynasty rankings over on DLF, I, I think I have Chris Olave as the sixth overall player. So uh, super high on him, obviously, and, and do expect him to get into the first round. The other player, kind of talking about that offseason mindset uh, starting to kick in for, for dynasty managers, the other player that I had along with Olave to take, uh, to take the place of Cup and Allen is, is Brees Hall. We have not seen his value drop hardly at all, honestly, despite the season-ending injury. Did fall into the second round, but that ADP did not fall off like we've seen uh, so many other injured players over the years um, uh, happen. So I think Brees Hall bounces back and, and gets into the first round. Yeah, Hall was the guy for me as well. In fact, he went fifth overall in one of the mocks last month, I think, if I remember correctly, Ryan. Uh, when his latest 30 overall in another one, I could see him going right around that, that fringe first round in all of the mocks this month. I, if if you were doing a startup right now, Matt, at what point do you think you'd you'd pull the trigger on Brees Hall? Um, probably middle of the second, but... Mm. I'm not taking. I'm not taking him. I'm, I'm probably not taking any running back in the first round. To be honest with you, I had him at 11 when I went through mine. Ryan, where do you have Brees Hall? Um, I actually didn't rank mine, but yeah, I'm definitely in that in in that area towards the end of the first round. Uh, I do still have Kenneth Walker ahead of him, uh, but. Yeah, in that scenario, you're doing a startup right now, and the rest of this season doesn't doesn't matter. I could see Brees Hall back as that RB two pretty easily. Yeah, we uh, we had a fun time doing the Week Twelve edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. You should follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan MC twenty three at Matt Price FF to get Matt. I'm at Dmiler twenty two and get the podcast at DLF Podcast. Uh, yeah, it was a good. It was a good time. Let's uh, let's do this again next week. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.